I want you to turn in your Bibles with me. I want you to get ready. We've been talking about the subject of supernatural. How many of you serve a, serve a supernatural God? I kind of want to wrap this up today. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 18 through 23. Amen? Go in your Bibles. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 18 through 23. This has been our golden text while we've been speaking about supernatural. Because the Lord wants us to get inside of us what he's already done for us. I want you to say, God's already done it. Now listen, I want you to speak with me this morning. If you're not used to doing that, get used to it this morning because I need you to confess. Faith is an act. We act out our faith. It's what we act out. We act it out. Somebody say, I act out my faith. My attitudes show my faith. The way I uh, speak shows my faith. The way I walk shows my faith. And so every day as I walk through life, every day as I go through things, every day as I, as, I, as I experience things in life, and all the things that, that we go through, that there is a, an action of ours. We act out or we act out the way that we believe. And that's the way we, we, we have an, our attitudes about it. Like when we're attacked. And I'm not saying that it's, that it's not okay for you to have a moment where, where you're, you're dealing with this earthly suit. The Bible says, though the outward man perishes, the inward man is renewed day by day. Though the outward man perishes, the inward man is renewed day by day. So, though the outward man, though the flesh that we live in goes through stuff and experiences things, I have an internal man, the real me, and what does it believe? Where does it stand? What word does it have? And how does it act toward that word? When God speaks it, we've got to believe it. We've got to stand on it. And just because we talk about a supernatural God and how we can live in the supernatural, it's about us deciding to live in the supernatural. The things that we go through in life are not the subject of God doing them. Like God is the enemy. God is not the enemy. He's our friend. God is for us. And if God be for us, who can be against us? Somebody ought to shout out amen. How I many know we can live an overcoming life? And so God's for us. He's working with us. He's helping us. He's strengthening us. He's encouraging us. He's moving within us. And this is the scripture that helps us to understand what he's already done for us. The Bible says that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. God wants you and I to see. What he's already done. He wants us to enhance and establish inside of us what he's already done. Not what he's going to do, but what he's already done. How many know God has already died on the cross? He's already died for your sins, and you are now the righteousness of God in Christ if you've asked him to come into your heart and believed in your heart and confess with your mouth. You're the righteousness of God in Christ. And so, the, the, the idea of this scripture, what we've been saying is, is what has God planned for us? What does God have made for us? What has He readied for us? What is ours? What's mine? You know, when I walk out of this door, I have a car outside. I'm going to get in it, and I'm going to drive it off. It's mine. How many know it's mine? Now, Natasha has her car. It's a nice, beautiful truck, but it ain't mine. I don't go and get in her truck and drive it off. But I have a truck. I can drive my truck off. What do you have? What do you have? See, 
the, 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 our problem comes from the beginning. You know, no matter what you do in life, no matter how you live, the Bible says it's accounted unto a man once to die. Every one of us is going to die sometime in our life. Now, it could be before we're born, could be right after the womb, or it could be at 122 years old. It doesn't matter how old you live, that you're going to die. Now, that could be 22, it could be 52, it could be 102. Somebody is, you're, you're going to die. Even before you make it to heaven, between here and heaven, if you go in the rapture, somewhere between here and heaven, you're going to lose this natural man. You can't enter in this natural man. Which means you're going to die between here and heaven. Amen. Does anybody understand that? Now for us, that's a, that's a difficult thing to handle. We struggle with the idea of death. And we, 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 we have problems with that. And we, because it's a loss for us that is in terms of time more, more than, uh, than I'm certain they will understand in heaven. Because the, the Bible says that a day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is as a day. Does anybody hear me? I'm wondering if they'll even re realize there was a time between when they died and when we showed up. That's them, though. That's not us. For us, it's an experience. But it is not an experience that God did. God did not kill man. God, listen, if you died today and, and you were, were absent from your body, the Bible says to be absent from bodies, be present with the Lord. If you know Jesus, you're going to heaven. And so you're going to be absent from the body that God didn't take you. I mean, have you ever been to funerals where they say God took him? God took that guy or God took that woman. Y'all ever been there? He took them. Well, God don't take them because God doesn't kill. How many know God is not the thief? He's not the one that kills us. Amen. I had to get a little more amen. Say amen. Everybody in the room say amen. And if you were to die and go to hell, God doesn't send you to hell. He didn't prepare hell for you. I mean, when you, according to the Bible, man was put into the garden, and when he was put into the garden, he was given total dominion. Total dominion and relationship. Total dominion, total relationship. God's intention for man was for us to live in total dominion and total overcoming lives. There was no death, there was no sickness. There was no depression. There was no discouragement. How many of you understand? I was watching a movie last night, and the whole issue of the movie, it was a good Christian movie, but it was, you know, you know I mean, and I thought they did a pretty good job, but they were talking about, you know, this kid had died, and why did he die? Is there God? You know, and, and the whole proof of this was going to be that, you know, we got to trust God, but it's even more than that. What, I was what, 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 what was troubling to me was that they didn't understand that it is, it is not God who's the killer. It's not God who destroys your life. It's not God who wrecks your car. It's not God who takes your children. It's not God who does those things. He's good all the time. How many know God is good all the time? Why don't you say that with me? God is good all the time. And then say this all the time. God is good. Let's say it one more time. Everybody in this room. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. You see, what happened in the garden was that Adam disobeyed God. He ate of the tree God told him not to eat of. And when he did, he subjected man to death, sickness, disease, dis destruction, depression. All that came not through God. 
All of that did not come through God. God doesn't bring people into death, destruction, dismay, discouragement, disaster, frustration. That is not God's plan. That's not who God is. But we live in a world where Adam acted in a way that caused man to be subjected to sickness, disease, death. So when someone dies, God is not taking them. They are going to heaven. I'm going to leave. I'm going to go to heaven. I mean, somebody's going to get up here and say, I know that Pastor Steve went to heaven. Went. I went. I transitioned from here to there. Somebody shout out, I'm going to. Amen. Anybody going to hell? I want to pray for you. Amen. We want to get you to heaven. Amen. And I'm going there. But he didn't take me. That was the position that God wants me in. And when I ask for forgiveness, he writes away my sins and renews me. And I have access then to heaven. But if somebody dies, we're not, why are we mad at God? Why are we first? God, why did you let that happen? No, Adam let that happen. Help, help me out now. Somebody understand what I'm trying to say? Adam is the one who caused that to occur. Adam is the one who, who created the environment where you and I would die. God doesn't kill us. You're not sitting there asking God, I don't understand. Jane loved you. Jane loved you. I don't understand why she's died. Well, it's accounted unto her once. No matter who you are, no matter what happens to you, it's accounted unto you once to die. Then why would we be giving the devil credit for, I mean, God credit for what the devil does? And you say, well, the devil didn't do it. But he did. He deceived man. The credit then goes not to God, but to the one who deceived man. Okay. If he talked me into going and stealing from the bank, and I went with him and stole from the bank. Do you know they're going to put me in jail? Yes, right. Because I became an accomplice to what his idea was. You let your kids hang around the wrong people at school and then they come home and all of a sudden you're wondering why they are now acting funny? Well, if you let them hang around the wrong people, what's in the people? Somebody say amen. Now let me say this then ultimately we're going to go back and we're going to say it is the devil. How many of you know the devil's the one who makes people lie? Come on. Where does lying come from? Does God lie? I'm not, going to, I'm not getting enough answers. I need the whole crowd. Does God lie? No. Will God ever lie? No. So who is the father of lies? Who? The devil's the father of lies. Deception comes from the devil. When we have deceived people and, and they're completely and totally deceived, guess what? The problem is, is that they've been seeded with deceit from the devil. That could even include people who love God who make mistakes. They could have, they could have uh, uh, words that have gone into them, influence that's gone into them, and they act out the influence and the words that are around them. Now, while I'm on this, and let me, first of all, I want to make it clear, everybody understand that God is good, the devil's bad. All right, I want you to say this, God good, good. devil bad. bad. And we're talking about the supernatural. How many believe we can live in supernatural lifestyle, supernatural existence, supernatural healing, supernatural forgiveness, supernatural prosperity, supernatural overcoming? This is God's plan for man because it was the original plan. That's what Jesus did. He came to establish us in the original plan, hearing from God, learning from God. Hearing the Word, learning from the Word, 
And that's why in this Ephesians 1, it's telling us and telling you that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. That you would know the hope of his calling. That you would know the riches of the inheritance. That you would know. Listen, let's read it together. Read it with me. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. That you would know what the hope of his calling is and what the riches of the glory of the inheritance of the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the mighty working of his power. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him in his own right hand in heavenly places. Far above. Somebody say far above. All principalities. All powers. All might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but in the one which is to come. And he hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head of the church. Do you see it? Which is the body, his fullness, all in all. God wants us to understand who we are. If you haven't gotten to where God wants you to get, which is walking in this kind of dominion, if, if you're walking in the authority of the Lord, you didn't get there, it's either because you didn't receive what's being taught, you haven't been, or you haven't heard what the Word says. You don't hear it. You don't know it. You haven't received it. One way or the other, it was ignorance, or it was you haven't heard it. My people are destroyed because of a lack of, of knowledge. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, the only way you're going down is if you don't know. Having said that, let me say this. There are many people who have accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior of their life. They've given their heart to Jesus. But if there's one thing I've come to realize in my own life, is the devil likes to bring back my past. Now, the Bible says that your past, according to the word, is washed away as far as the east is from the west. I didn't, I didn't say consequences. I mean, you know, if you got pregnant at 16 and had a baby, he doesn't wash that away as far as the east is from the west. That's a consequence. That's a natural consequence of a decision made at 16 that got, got you in that condition. But what God wants for that condition, even though it wasn't what you intended... Is for you to live blessed in that condition. He doesn't take away blessing because, oops, I blew it. Aren't you glad he doesn't hold it against you? Oh, I thank God. I wish somebody else would shout in this house. It's not held against you. My past is not held against me. Hallelujah. Because the blessings of the Lord woo, make rich and add no sorrow thereto. Aren't you glad he takes whatever we did and he can turn it into whatever it can be? That he can make it great and do exceeding great and precious things in our life? Aren't you glad he can turn it all around? Somebody ought to shout amen. Listen, I've made some, I've made some mistakes in my life. I've done some things in my life that, I, that I'm embarrassed about. I want, I, the Bible says to crucify the flesh. I've done it. I'm not digging them up. Somebody say amen. But I want you to know something. God makes good out of everything that I, I, I've messed up. 
He fixes everything I tore up. He, listen, I'm not destroying my life because He always forgives. He always refreshes. He always renews. He always fixes. He always opens the seas. He always holds the lion's mouth. Come on, somebody. You ought to shout a little bit better than that. Doesn't matter what somebody else did to me. For the Lord is good. For the Lord is good. Hallelujah. All things work together for the good. Somebody say it. All things work together for the good. Oh, I don't know. Maybe you ought to preach it with me. Because the more I'm preaching this, the more it's starting to jump up on the inside of me. I'm sensing God in my spirit. I'm telling you God is for me. And if God be for me, it doesn't matter who's against me. It doesn't matter what's against me. It doesn't matter what stands in my way. It doesn't matter who comes up on my, on my path. God is for me. Come on, somebody. Do you believe that God is for you? Do you believe that God can fix it no matter what it is? The devil always comes along and he always tries the same tricks. He always tries to get somebody to talk about you and get you discouraged. He always tries to come in and mess up somebody in the family. And he always comes in, tries to show you that you don't have enough money. And he always comes in, tries to put a little sickness on you. And if that don't work, you'll come back to the family. And if that don't work, you'll come back to the money. And if that don't work, you'll come back to the family. But I got news for you that no weapon that he's ever formed against me has ever prospered nor will it ever prosper he has no authority in my life he has no power over my family he can't hold me up in my finances he can't keep me sick because Jesus has healed me Jesus has delivered me God has made me strong and in his mind I'm strengthened and you might come and attack yes many are the afflictions of the righteous but I know this the Lord will the Lord will the Lord shall I can't help it. I know you want me to be quiet. I know you think it's the pastor. You're raising your voice. I can't help it. There's a fire that just started burning on the inside of me. Because I'm just telling you, I want you to know, if God be for me. Come on, shout that out. If God be for me, then what can be against me? Come on, church. He works in my arm. He works in my leg. He works in my heart. He works in my liver. But he works in my marriage. He works in my children. He works on my job. He works in my business. He works in my money. He works in my health. He works. Somebody ought to say amen. He's not absent. He's ready, willing, and able. Call me, he said. And I will answer you. I'm not just going to answer, but I'm going to show you great and mighty things. Just shout that out. Great and mighty things are coming my way. Take that for yourself. Take that over your situation. Take that over your condition. That's right, 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 that's right. This is your moment to shout. This is your moment to praise. This is your moment to say, God is for me. This is your moment to be amen. 
We used to sing an old song. We sing it. It goes like this. If you'll just pray, pray, pray until tomorrow. If you'll just pray, pray, pray until tomorrow. If you'll just pray, pray, pray until tomorrow. Everything's gonna be all right. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, gonna be all right. It's gonna be all right. Hallelujah, it's gonna turn in your favor. Oh, hallelujah. Just trust in the Lord with all your heart. Assuredly, surely, surely, it shall turn in your favor. It shall come in your direction. And surely the windows of heaven shall open to you. And the thing that's been denied shall be released. And the Lord shall make what could not happen, happen. For I am God and all is under me. And so today I say to you that if you'll just stand and having done all to stand, 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 and you'll see that I shall come and deliver just as I said. Hallelujah. Give him praise, would you? Hallelujah. 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 Oh, just lift your hands right now. Right now. Take it, take it, take it. Just right where you're at. Take it. Take that deliverance. Take that power. It's not God. God is your deliverer. God is your healer. God is your redeemer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, just lift your voice a little bit more. Just give him praise. Give him praise. Hallelujah. Somebody call out your victory. Speak to the thing. Call it free. Call it let loose. Call it opened up. Call it released. Hallelujah. God will open it up. 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 And He'll cause men to turn in your favor. He'll cause men to speak in your way. He'll cause men to come in your direction. Oh, hallelujah. Someone in this room's had something held up. You're believing God to release it. You need to let go. Hallelujah. I speak to you in the name of Jesus. I say it's released. It's been let go. What's been bound has been set free. Hallelujah. Come on, just praise Him. Hallelujah. 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 So let me say this. There are so many people that come to Christ and when they come to Him... They want to be perfect on arrival. I got news for you. He's the only one that can perfect. If you think that you can get here and everything right when you arrive, that's not possible. Though the outward man perishes, it is the inward man that's renewed. That's why God doesn't work on the flesh. He only works on the spirit or in the spirit. You see, your flesh is not the righteousness of God made whole, but your spirit. You were not born again in your flesh or in your mind. You were born again in your spirit. The body and the mind must become subjected to what happens in the spirit. It starts on the inside and it works on the outside. 
Come on, I want you to say that it works on the outside, but it starts on the inside. So no matter what mess you are, and no matter what mess you brought here today, hallelujah, aren't you glad to know that He forgives, washes us clean, not on the outside, but on the inside. And if it's working on the inside, then it's working on the outside. Oh, I didn't say it worked immediately on the outside. It might take some time. I've seen how it takes for a harvest to come. First you plant, then there's time, and then there's harvest. You ought to be glad that you're in the time part. At least you've been planted. You might be in the time part, but nobody's expecting harvest until the time of the harvest. Well, Pastor, I got saved and I still got this. Well, we're believing you won't have that. I always like the ones who come to me to tell me their worst, darkest, intimidating past. I had a man in the church and according to the Bible, he washes away all sin. Thank God he washes away all of our sin. And I got a call from the wife, Pastor Steve. My husband's going to be with the Lord. He's got cancer and he can't get past it. And he's in the house in the bed. But he keeps asking for you. He keeps asking. He needs you to come. He's got to talk to you. Finally, I went to the house, got to the house. He's in the bed, and he's just hanging on, really. I mean, we're close. And he's got to talk to me. I sat down beside the bed, and as I'm sitting there beside the bed, I start off, I say, I want you to know, just, let's, just, let's, just, let's just talk. What's on your heart? What's the issue? And he'd go, Pastor Steve, I... And then go silent. I'd sit there a little longer. He'd say, hi. Then he'd go silent. This went on for about 35, 40 minutes. I just sat there and waited. He'd start and he'd stop. He'd start to tell me and then he couldn't tell me. We finally got to the point where he could just admit it. Pastor Steve, blah, blah, blah. In my life, I did this. It was almost like I just, I wanted to laugh. I, I, I didn't know, I, because I, what he told me to him was the worst thing he could have done, and it was between him and God, but only because of him, not because of God. I looked over and I said, you know, the Bible says he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all. Of our unrighteousness, he didn't inhibit, he didn't say, unless you rejected him, then he comes in. I said, we're going to pray the prayer of salvation together, you and I, and you're going to ask him to forgive you. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to forgive you. We held hands and prayed. It wasn't shortly after that that he went to be with the Lord. But he was bound by something he had done because of himself. It was in him. He couldn't forgive himself. He couldn't let go of what he had done. He had condemned himself. And I'm certain the devil had come multiple times over and over and tried to speak and condemn him and tell him that he had failed so miserably. But God doesn't bring forgiveness on perfection. He brings forgiveness for failure. Oh, I wish somebody understood what I just said. It's not that we're perfect that he forgives us. It's that we failed that he forgives us. And I want you to know something. Stop beating yourself up. Stop holding yourself down. Start realizing that you're under development. Come on, I want you to say that out loud. I'm under development. 
Come on, say it out loud. I'm under development. They're going to cut a hole in the wall this week over there in Sumter. There's a guy coming to cut a hole in the wall. They're going to put up walls this week. We're going to get the building open. They're all going to be, we're going to be in part of the building next week. We're taking the tent down this week. I mean, it's just great what we're doing. Plumbing's in for the new bathrooms. The old bathrooms are remodeled that we're going into. I mean, I mean, listen, progress is being made. But I want you to know something. It's only under development. It isn't going to be exactly what we want it to be when we walk in it. But as we keep working on it, and we keep doing drywall, putting down tile, putting mud on the walls, adding fresh paint, it will become, it will become what we want. You are what God wants in the Spirit. You are developing yourself in the flesh. You are enforcing the righteousness of God in Christ. You are the one who's transitioning. Now I say this because what I'm preaching is about you understanding that you walk in the supernatural level of God's blessing. I want you to say it out loud. I'm walking in the supernatural. Say it again. I'm walking in the supernatural. That means you're not going to do it in the natural. We're not there yet. See, because I still think people can do it in the day. They think they can do it. I have come to realize I can't do it. But I can do all things through Christ. Oh, I can't do it. But I can do it through Christ. Look at your neighbor and say, you can do it. I want you to turn in your Bibles real quick to Psalms 18.24. Turn over there, Psalm 18.24. Hallelujah. It says, this is the day that the Lord has made. And I will rejoice and be glad in it. I want you to do that right now. I want you to lift your hands and rejoice for a minute. You're living in the day of recovery. You're living in the day of return. You're living in the day of deliverance. You're living in the day of overcoming. Come on. I want you to understand when Jesus came, he came to return us to the dominion that God had in store for us. Somebody say amen. Amen. He's returning us to that. If we'll accept it, if we know it, if we understand it, if we can receive it, we can have that deliverance. You with me? He's returned. This is the day. When I wake up every morning, no matter what the attack is, I know that no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. Now, I, I, I explained this in the early service, and I don't want you to hold it against me or be mad at me. But I, when I was younger, I had a girlfriend. I was probably 17 or what, 16, 17, had a girlfriend. And she, she had uh, developed a habit or an ability to cry about everything. Y'all ever met them people? Now, especially when we got in a fight. Anytime we had an argument or a fight, (laughs) 
Now, if your wife does that or your husband does that, please don't hold it against me. But it wasn't tears. It was intimidation. It was, it was a way to manipulate. It was total manipulation. And I'd go buy flowers and jewelry. I spent more money on jewelry. Uh, necklace. Uh, money. <laughs> she was a pro. I mean a real pro. Maybe you've never dated anybody. Maybe you're married to somebody like that. I don't know. Just you can talk to them later. I'm just telling you my experience. Maybe theirs is real. <laughs> I just... This is terrible to tell y'all. But, but after that, after that girl, I mean, it was bad. It was, I mean, we broke up. It was, uh, and the tears. I mean, when we broke up, it was even worse. I made up my mind never again. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? We do this in our lives, right? I'm not suggesting you do this. I'm just saying, you know, this is one of my faults. Okay, and it's derived by my experience. I was manipulated. I recognized the manipulation. I had people around me. Remember last week, I saw many people would tell you, and you don't recognize it. People would tell me, "Do you understand? She's crying just to manipulate you." I'm like, "No, no, she's really hurt. She's really offended. <laughs> she's really going through something." You know, you can. You know, I have communications here on the job, and I have communications with people, and they don't cry, and we can make decisions. So anyway, it was manipulation. So I decided, no more. No one I ever date. You start crying, and you're a girl. After this, I'm like, ah, that's fake. Whether it was fake or not. So when Amy and I started dating, and we dated for like three years, as we're dating, I'm telling her, no. No, you're not doing all that. We're not doing all the whiny, crying, weeping. You're not going to cry. <laughs> This is terrible. I can't believe I'm telling you all this. So now, when we have an argument, there's no tears. I might get this. But no tears. We're not crying. And if she does cry, it's real. You with me? Because I've set the rule. No crying. <laughs> okay. So my daughter comes home from this competition. She's hurt. I could tell she, she didn't get the vote. You know how your kids come home, it didn't go their way, and they're broken. She's broken. So I send her to the room, and I tell her this. All right, you got a minute. Go cry for a minute. Then I want it to stop. <laughs> We're coming out of here crying. You go cry. Now, she comes out after a minute. She's wiping tears away, and now I'm encouraging her. It's going to be okay. Next year, you're going to have lessons. We're going to improve this. I'm going to practice with you. You're going to get it in advance. We're going to, I mean, I'm building her, you know, building her faith in all this, you know, because she's, she's all that. Now, let me say this to you. Let me just, let me, let me say this to you. I know it's a natural develop for me, and I'm not telling you not to cry. But I am saying this. If all we ever do is sob about a bad moment in our life, we will only become depressed, discouraged, disoriented, frustrated, upset, mad, angry, mean, nasty. That's why the Bible said to trust in the Lord 
I want to tell you something. Don't go off and cry for days over something that goes wrong. Get your head up. Lift up your head that hangs down. For the Lord, your deliverer, will set you free. I want you to know something. I, I, it might be a natural thing, and it's just kind of funny how I've handled, handled this just on a natural basis. But for all of us as believers, we've got to change our approach towards God as the one who gets us out instead of the one who gets us in. He's the one who delivers us, not the one who frustrates us. He's the one that heals everything. Listen, he doesn't just heal my arm and my leg and my heart and my throat. And, and, and he also heals my finances. He heals my finances. He takes care of me and supplies all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I don't just count on him for my leg. I'm not just counting on him for eternity. That's what the scripture is telling us. I can count on him for the riches of the inheritance of the saints that God has in store for me or stored up for me for me to access the needs that I have to be fulfilled. He takes care of my health. He'll take care of my marriage. He'll take care of my children. He'll take care of my business. He'll take care of my personal finances. He's not limited by what he does. The only limit is do I see what he's already done. Do I see it? Can I see it? By, the, by that inheritance that God's given me. And God can take care of your marriage. Oh, it can be in a struggle. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. That's a fact. Nobody denies that there are challenges that come to life. People that attack us. But you only have a minute to cry. Get up. Stand up. Lift up your head. And say, my Redeemer draweth nigh. I can't do it on my own. I can't get my marriage where it needs to be. But I serve a God that's able to do it. I serve a God who has the wisdom available. The knowledge that I need. I'm not limited to my knowledge. I'm not limited to my ability. I'm not limited to my actions alone. I got the help of the Lord. Turn to God. Say, God, I need your help, and he will answer thee and show you. Somebody ought to shout out, I got victory. Come on, shout it out. I don't care what the message say, I've got victory. For those of you in marital mess, children's struggles, stop talking about what you got. Stop discussing the problem that exists. Stop dealing with the issue. The Bible says to call those things that be not as though they were. Listen, I'm telling you now, you've got to start speaking over your home and yourself. It's going to make everybody in this room mad. Do you know what's wrong with your marriage? What's wrong? You know what you want to know? You. <laughs> Nobody's shouting. Your wife's sitting next to you. That's right, it's him! <laughs> nope. It's you. It's you. you it's your prayer it's your faith 
It's your belief. It's your confession. It's your actions. It's your attitude. Your mind. Your thoughts. Your selfishness. Oh, place got silent. Shh. Silent. When Amy and I have a fight, the first thing I do is go pray for me. Even if she's wrong. <laughs> Which is almost all the time. <laughs> Are you ready? I love this scripture. Listen to this. Listen, listen, listen. This Psalm 117 and 118 was for the deliverance. It was about the king surviving. It's about God's hand of deliverance and the ongoing life. That's the natural text. That's where we're looking at it from that day. But it's, it's certainly, when we look at scriptures, they're always by meaning or by fold in some way or another. And while they might mean one thing, there's other applications to it. When, every, when somebody comes and tells you their application and says that's the only application, just turn the radio off. Shut the iBook off. Shut the iPhone off. Turn them off. That makes them an idiot. Fair enough? And I'm, talking about, I'm not talking about Jesus and being born again and all that. I'm just When they take scriptures and they just say that it's limited to within certain something, 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 something. Listen, I got news for you. The Bible is clear that there are things that, that are in there that are bifold, meaning that have more than one structure, that have more than one indication or one, one piece of information. So for you in this room, be open to learning and stop trying to tell everybody what you think you know when, when, when you're not the only one that knows it. Somebody say amen. You can say one interpretation, one thought on this is, Somebody ought to say amen. Amen. One idea. Because you're not a (laughs) know-it-all. I'm going to keep preaching. Nobody, you you need to hear what I got to say. We ought to avoid know-it-alls. Amen. Amen. Take as much as you can out of me, but if you don't like it, throw it out. Amen. Take it and throw it out. If it doesn't fit you, if I keep preaching it, you can disagree with me in an area and still love me and we can still get together. Amen. I'm not doing foot washing every day. We're not going to bring a pail in here every Sunday and wash all y'all's feet. It ain't happening. First of all, I don't know where your feet have been. Somebody ought to shout amen. Shout amen. I don't have a problem who want to wash feet every week. You want to come in and do it. Do you want to find a church that washes feet every week and you don't disagree? You just say, I can't agree with him. We should be washing feet every single week. Find your church that believes that. Because I'm not doing it. Or you could decide to go wash your own feet. <laughs> Maybe somebody in the church will agree with you. Amen. Churches are split over stuff like that. You understand? There's whole denominations that are about foot washing. What? Not this one. <laughs> hey, Lord, never mind. Listen, if I do a foot washing, I'm going to get a couple people to make them wash their feet first. Then I'm going to put a bucket on the stage. I'm going to wash a couple people's feet. That's it. I'm just kidding. I'm just playing with you. You ready? Psalm 117 says this. 
Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Is it up there? Oh, praise the Lord. Praise Him, all ye people. Why do you think I get up here and get y'all shouting and dancing and jumping and leaping and hollering? Because the Bible says to. Oh, praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Praise Him, all you people. For His merciful kindness is great towards us. Aren't you glad He's merciful and has kindness toward us? For His merciful kindness is great toward us. And the truth of the Lord endures forever. Oh, praise the Lord. Verse 1. Chapter 118, oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his mercy endures forever. That is enough to run the building right there. Look at somebody and say, God is good all the time, and all the time. Go to verse 5, verse 5, I called upon the Lord in distress, and the Lord answered me. And he set me in a large place. Aren't you glad to know that God will answer? And when he does, he's going to elevate you, lift you up, expand your territory. Somebody say amen. amen. The Lord answered me. I called to him and he answered me. Hallelujah. Thank God we don't serve a silent, non-influencing, affecting God. How many know he's for us? And if God be for us, I will not fear. I don't care what they do. I don't care how they do it. I don't care what it costs me. I want you to know, Sumter wasn't supposed to cost me this much. We thought we were in the building back in April of last year. I mean, there's been bills that come every day about Sumter that were unexpected because of what happened with the Sumter government. But let me tell you something. I'm not worried about that. I will not fear, for I know the Lord has heard me. I'm not worried about that. If God could supply the money before, He'll supply the money now. It doesn't matter what the bill is it only matters who I serve I'm not serving money I'm serving God it doesn't matter what they charge me or how they come against me if God can't supply it it shouldn't be done but if it's God's will then thank God it's God's bill next verse the Lord is on my side Come on, somebody. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do to me. You can come after me. You can attack me. You can run me down. You can say whatever you want to. I might cry for a minute, but when I get up, you better look out. Come on, somebody. I'm like the, that, that little. You remember when we were little and they had them rock them, sock them, box them things? And you'd get, they had sand in the bottom of me and you'd hit them and hit them. And if you knocked that joker down, bam! That's me. That's me. I'm bouncing right back up. You might knock me down, but you ain't putting me out. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do to me. Do what you want to. But when it's over, I promise you, the Lord will avenge. The Lord is the one who takes my plight. The Lord. I didn't say he was in my decisions. I said he was on my side. When I've done right and followed God, God takes care of those that are his children. He watches over those that are his family. You serve a supernatural God. And when the enemy comes against you, the Bible says that no weapon Form against me shall ever prosper. I didn't get very many shouts out of that. Maybe I'm the only one in this room shouting right now. But I want you to know something. Let me let you know. Let me clearly tell you that I've got God on my side. 
I know that there's a saying, it says, yeah, we ought to say, I hope we're on God's side. Well, if you're a Christian and you're developing in God and you're doing what God wants, you're on God's side. The best part is, he's on your side. Okay. Psalm 118.6. Okay, you listen to who you want to. If you want to listen to CNN, go right ahead. Well, I hope you're on God's side. See, I'm going with the word. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care if you're the best anchor on, on American news. I don't care if you're the president of the United States. I'm going to tell you what God said. And I want you to know something. He's higher, bigger, larger, taller, more powerful, more existent than anybody you'll ever know. He exists. He built. He, he, did, he created all things. And here's what he said. The Lord is on my side. You gotta walk around. See, you gotta have the eyes of your understanding enlightened. And when you go on Facebook and they run you down, talk about your family and your children, make fun of you. Stand up and go. The Lord is on my side. I might be preaching to me alone today, but I'm going to tell you something I'm preaching. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures. And no weapon that's ever been formed against me shall ever prosper. Having done all to stand, I just stand. Oh, I'm not done yet. I will not fear what men may do unto me. Verse 8. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It's better to trust the Lord than to put your confidence in princes. Verse 13. Thou hast thrust sore at me that I might fall, but the Lord helped me. Oh, man. Okay, you might not need it today. See, I'm preaching to people act like you got no problems. You haven't been to the gas station this week. You didn't go try to get a mortgage this month. But I guarantee you, you're going to come up because many of the afflictions of the righteous, you're going to come up against challenge. Because the devil goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. You better know that the Lord helped you. You better have the ability to bounce back up off that floor and say, the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength. I have God on my side. Come on, somebody, that the eyes of my understanding would be enlightened. Stop getting beat down by the world. Stop letting conditions beat you down. Stop letting issues, the challenges of life, be the dominant force in your life. God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you having all sufficiency in all things may abound unto every good work. I don't know how to preach nothing but the word, Brother Jeffrey. I don't. I just all out. Listen, this is all I can preach. I don't feel like preaching opinion. I ain't got a good story for you. Some farmer down at the farm had a worm and a cow and a, I don't know that. 
I shall not die. Verse 17. I shall not die, but live to declare the works of the Lord. Come on, somebody. I'm going to live. I'm going to live and I'm going to declare the works of the Lord. Come on, somebody. See, they've got, they got to be working in you. You've got to have the works of God working on the inside of you. And as you live, I'm going to declare the works. I'm declaring the works. I'm going to live and I shall not die. When the devil attacks you and he comes after you in your body, I'm going to live and not die because I'm going to declare the works of the Lord. They are good for the Lord is good. Come on, I'm putting it in you this morning. I'm pouring into you. I'm pouring it into you that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened. We've got to walk in the supernatural of God. And that is knowing what the Word says. Verse 21, I will praise thee, for thou hast heard me, and you have become my salvation. Verse 24, this is the day. This day. This is the day I'm talking about. This day. Verse 28, Thou art my God, I will praise you. Thou art my God, I will exalt thee. Oh, give thanks. See, that ought to start rippling on the inside of you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. For he is... Oh, I'm not getting enough shouting right there. I'm not getting enough. I don't have enough praising yet. Some of y'all haven't got it yet. You didn't quite catch it. That you're, you're, you're blessed from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. You are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. Oh, I didn't say it wasn't going to come against you. You could go to work and folks will attack you. You go to work, people talk about you. You go to work and they, they come after your identity and they come after your, your personality. And they don't like your personality. You ought to hook up with them and do what they want to do. I want you to know God is on your side. I want you to know right now, you ought to bounce up and say, the Lord has heard me and he's become my salvation. And I can give thanks today for the Lord. The Lord. I don't know if they're good, but I know he is. I know God is good. God is good all the time. And his mercy has endured to me for everlasting. Get your joy on. You don't have time to cry. Take your minute. Come out the room. Wipe off the tears off of your eyes. And say, if God be for me, it doesn't matter who's against me. The Lord of the universe, the King of glory, the, uh, the Lord of all has come and he has helped me he has delivered me and he has given me his strength for his mercy his mercy James 1 16 and 17 don't err my beloved brethren every good gift and every perfect gift comes from the father of lights with whom is no variableness neither shadow of turning every day you wake up every time you go to bed every moment of your day and every time every moment of your sleep God is good will be good has been good and will forever be good he's eternally good when you wake up know that that good 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 father First John 5, 4 and 5. For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. It's our faith. Who is he that overcomes the world? But he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. He came to deliver us. I want you to say it. I'm delivered. But thanks be to God. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. Thanks be to God who gives me the victory. I haven't found defeat anywhere. I've never, listen, I have never read a scripture that says, thanks be to God who gives me defeat. <laughs> I've never read that scripture. Thanks be to God who helps some. Who comes through for a few. Who might help Bob and not help me. 
No, the scripture was written to you. And it says, thanks be to God who gives me the victory through Jesus Christ. I want to just end it with this. Because I just feel like there are people that you just got to get up. Some of you just got to take this week and get up. Get up. Just get up. Put your face to it. The gates of hell shall not prevail against us. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. Paul had been through a lot. I think the idea of Paul's persecution is unmerited in this country. I'm certain in other countries where they don't believe in Jesus Pakistan, where the Muslims would crucify you, or, is, or you know, Islamic nations that would torture you for believing Christ, would understand this. But here in America, we just get mad if a toaster don't work. I don't know what the devil's doing. I tried to toast my toast this morning and it wouldn't light up. Oh my God. I don't think I can make it. God, where's my toaster? I need a toaster. Oh, please send me a toaster. You think I'm kidding? That's, that's, that's where we are as Christians today. It's so simple to be a Christian. Just you know, We get miserable about the dumbest stuff. <laughs> we have no idea what real persecution is, but Paul went through some serious persecution. In God, you're going to have persecution. Now, you don't have to have attacks that are, that are not persecution. We are going to be persecuted. If you serve Jesus, you're going to be persecuted. There is no... No scripture that gives you the right not to be persecuted. If you're going to live for Jesus, you're going to be persecuted. That's a fact. That doesn't mean you're going to be sick. Doesn't mean you're going to be diseased. Doesn't mean you're going to lose your family. It just means you're going to be attacked for what you believe. I'm a pastor. I'm clearly attacked for what I believe. Now Paul went through it boiled in oil, burnt, shot at snakes in the dark in the cold in storms in hurricanes you know when they were in a hurricane back then they were on a boat and like being on a hurricane on the you know uh terrible cruise line in a carnival cruise line you know i mean they were in a wooden boat with sails i mean the chance of survival was pretty much zero and many times they were on the islands crashed or whatever for this cause we faint not but through our outward man, though it perishes, yet the inward man is renewed. That means while he was on the boat and it was about to go down or when they threw him off the boat, the outward man was perishing, but there was a rejoicing inside. I've had that happen in my life when my mother was going to die. I remember sitting in the room and watching all the events that were going on, all that stuff, and I didn't know how I could make it. And you go, you've been there. Many of you have been there. And, you know, just extremely close to my mother and had some kind of joy I couldn't explain. It wasn't happiness. You're not happy about a moment, but there was something on the inside. I was refreshed inside. And it's like I had a vision from God, like God came to visit me. I didn't see him visibly and all that. We don't. We get it by inward perception. We hear God through the inner voice. That's how we hear God, the inner voice. I mean, we get the others, but overall, it's the inner voice. We hear him by the inner voice. And I just get that assurance. Have you ever had that assurance? Any of you ever had that assurance that just, that God's with you? Amen. That he's for you? Nobody could explain it. Hallelujah. This is Paul. 
And he says, from day to day, our outward man is destroyed, but the inward man is renewed day by day. Go to the next verse. For our light affliction. Oh, oh, I know you thought that was super tough. I know you thought you were going through was enough to to just... Because in the human nature, we get mad, frustrated, upset, irritated. We always act out in our flesh. We forgot that the inward man might be, I mean, the outward man's irritated. But it is the inward. This is what I'm trying to tell you. The eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. God wants us to have an illumination that's not external. But an internal illumination that causes us to act like it's only a light affliction. When you walk up against the devil, I want you to know something. It's only a light affliction. When things don't go the way you wanted them to go, it's only a light affliction. Which is just, it's just for a moment. This is a man that was in the, in the ocean, in the deep. I'm talking about no light. You're talking about shark attack. I mean, how did he survive it? He's in the deep. He fell off of a, a boat in the deep, and he's in the fish, and he's in the mess. There is no light. He's a human worm. This little light affliction. Oh, it's just for a moment. It has a purpose, though. It's working for a more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Next verse. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are God, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, that we would know the hope of His calling, the inheritance of the saints, that we'd understand that every demonic power, every presence, far. God, let me understand that I'm far. I exceed it by far above it. That I'm the body of Christ walking under the headship of Jesus. I'm not looking at what I see. You might for a minute. You can go cry for a minute. But I know this glory comes in the morning. Come on somebody. Glory comes in the morning. I want you to lift your hands right now. He says for the things which are seen are only just temporal. That stuff you're facing right now, it's just a moment. These light afflictions, they're just a moment. That problem you're facing, it's only just for a moment. Because God's going to bring out eternal glory through it. Come on, somebody say, i got a testimony coming. Come on, I've got a testimony, a great testimony. I'm going to be able to help somebody else through my testimony. What God does through me and how He uses me and how He brings me out, it's just temporal. But I'm looking at things which are not seen. They... I have an eternal God 
a glorious God, a wonderful God, an exceeding God who's able to make all things work together for the good to those who walk uprightly. Come on, somebody say, it's about to turn in my favor. It doesn't matter what I face. God is on my side. I might need to learn something, but God's on my side. I might need to straighten something out, but God's on my side. I might, no, 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 I'm going to get through this because God's on my side. God's for me. And if God be for me, 